Good morning, everybody, and welcome. Today, as you already heard, is the feast of Christ the King. And in today's society, we don't have much experience of kings. There are only a few, I think, in the world altogether, and even most of those are just sort of what we call ceremonial figures. So what we know about kings uh, probably it's what we learned in books or the programs that we, that we watch that we watch on television. So as I say, our, our experience of change is rather limited, but we all, I think, in the back of our minds, we all have our own ideas regarding, you know, regarding a king sitting on his throne uh, with a crown on his, on his head and uh, wearing all kinds of fancy clothes and, of course, all kinds of servants running about doing his will in all things. Now, if that is your image of, of a king, certainly is mine, but if it's your image of a king, that's really not what's at stake in the gospel reading today. Uh, it's a different kind of king. The king envisioned here in today's gospel reading really has to do with, it has to do with the humanity of Christ. The fact that Jesus came among us as, as a human being, uh, he lived a short life, and because of the values that he lived, and because of what he said and what we did, ultimately, ultimately, he ends up on the cross. So when we think of kingship, we think of Jesus, and we think primarily about Jesus on the cross. Now, that's not a real, that's the resurrected Christ there, so it's not, it's not a real good image of, uh, of a, a real good depiction of the suffering Christ. Because Christ on the cross, really, uh, he was bloody, he was bruised, and at the end of the day, he was powerless. Like he had surrendered everything he had given it all up, and because of that, he ends on the cross. And that event up there is not just something that's incidental to us as Christians, rather something that's at the very, the very inner core of our faith. Because it's in dying, it's in the surrender, the very surrender of his life. It's because he did that freely, his death is sacrificial. It's because of that event that we have the possibility of salvation. It's because of that event that the Father raised him up to a newness of life. So that event needs to be, in a sense, it needs to be sealed in our lives. Because when we were baptized, we were baptized into the Christ, into the Christ who died for us. So he is our king, a different kind of king, no doubt. That is, it's a king who doesn't have a crown. Rather, it's a king who has a cross. It's a king who is naked. And in the gospel reading today, he is a king who is jeered at and made fun of. But that event, as I say, that is what we call the salvific event. It is the event that, in a sense, offers us the possibility of salvation. 
Now, normally when we think of kings, we think of kingdoms, okay? Now, the kingdom that Jesus established through his death on the cross is not what we call a territorial kingdom, a geographic kingdom, a spatial kingdom. Rather, the kingdom that he, that he, he lived himself and that he expects his followers to live is an internal kingdom. It's a kingdom of justice, a kingdom of love, a kingdom of truth, a kingdom of reconciliation. And to the extent that we know him and that we love him, and to the extent that we endeavor to live out those values in our lives, then we can truly say we're part of his kingdom. Are we good citizens of his kingdom? Well, that can vary from person to person. And how we, in a sense, acknowledge him, number one, and number two, how we live out those values which he espoused and lived in his life. So what I'd like to do for a few moments today is I would like to take you back to the, the cross event, okay? And as I say, it, that's not the best depiction of it. But this is something that you can sort of, you can picture in your own minds. You can picture a bloody, a bloody bleeding Christ on the cross, surrounded by two thieves, and either of the, both of those are also on their crosses. And then you have the multitudes uh, under the cross, making fun of him, jeering at him, and thinking that he's just merely a common criminal who is about to be put to death. But then there's one individual who gets it. And it's the most likely individual. The individual who gets it is one of the two guys on the cross. That is, and he's a criminal, but somehow, somehow, He's able to see beyond. He's able to see beyond the immediate to the realization that this guy who has been condemned is not an ordinary individual and that his death is not an ordinary death. Rather, he sees and he believes that he is the Christ and furthermore, that he is a kingdom that's elsewhere. And so he uses those famous words he says, Jesus, he says, remember me when you enter into your kingdom. And the Lord in turn responds, this day you will be with me in paradise. So as we think about that event today and we think about the salvation of the, of the criminal, I think again it's, it's important that we think about ourselves and think about our, our own Christian response and how good it is or how, bad it, or how bad it is. In other words, it's not necessarily a bad thing to do to put yourself at the foot of the cross, to examine Christ on the cross and to think about where do you stand in relationship to him? Can you like that, like that what we call good thief can you at this point in time say that you truly recognize him for who he is? That you know that he's knocking on your door every day. 
and calling you into a deeper relationship with him. Can you say that? And if you can't, then I just propose that, you know, we're close to Christmas. And Christmas is supposed to be about that Christ who became our king, who was born in a stable. But the problem with the Christmas season is that Christmas season has been hijacked, as you know yourselves, by the commercial world. And sometimes instead of drawing us closer to Christ, what it does is it pulls us in the opposite direction. We can put all the emphasis on the wrong things during the Christmas season. So I just suggest that a little exercise for yourselves during, during uh, uh, Advent, which is coming up, it's four weeks prior to Christmas. Wouldn't it be nice, wouldn't it be wonderful if you set aside let's say 10 minutes a day, morning or evening, whatever is a good time for you, and spend that time sitting at the foot of the cross. This is a mental exercise, as you know. But set, spend the time sort of contemplating the Christ on the cross, what that event was, was about, and also who is Christ for you? Who is Christ in your life at this point in time? Remember, he is calling out to you. But are you taking the time and the effort to respond to that call? Because at the very center of our faith is our relationship to Jesus Christ. It's paramount. And if you get that right, okay, the deeper you get into that relationship, I think the more it influences every aspect of your life. And as I say, it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen immediately. But I can almost assure you that during this time, during the Advent season, and we're starting, by the way, with a penance service on the first Monday, week from Monday, the beginning of the Advent season this year, as a way of sort of clearing the slate before you begin. But if you would take 10 minutes a day during, during the Advent season, I can assure you it's going to help you appreciate what the birth of Christ is all about. And as you learn to appreciate that, I think also you will definitely grow in your relationship with him. And as that occurs, then I think the rest of your life will certainly begin to fall into place. Amen.